This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up with Allie Goodman podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. I want to talk about loyalty and what that means as far as my life goes and what it means as far as how I have navigated my stuff from childhood all the way through where we are today. One of the terms, I guess you could say, are like adjectives that people have described me as is very loyal. And I think that's fairly accurate. I'm really loyal sometimes to a fault to the point where I have been taken advantage of in the past or, you know, my loyalty has been uh, used in a way to, as leverage to make me stay in maybe it's a relationship or, you know, in in a position that I wasn't, that I wanted to leave or I was not comfortable with anymore. And it also made me have to second guess some of my gut feelings, uh, and question those things. And I'm, you know, I hesitate to say that this is all based on, is it personality? Is it confidence? Is it who knows? I mean, where does where do where do we all form from? I mean, is it just our our life experiences, or is it is it is it the the way that we're taught and how that's structured? Is it the family dynamic? Is it the environment around us? Is it school? Is it if we excel at something? If we have mentors that actually push us or give us that kind of attention that we that we desire who knows what where it all stems from for me I've always struggled with my confidence whether it's that I wasn't the right size or I didn't look the right way or I was too much or too little or too you know overbearing or over dramatic and you know make made myself a lot smaller or I was told to you know bring it bring it back out and then I would do it and then that was oh it's too much and you know I, I felt like I was constantly course correcting my whole life and I think that shook my confidence in a lot of ways and that caused me to try to find as I'm sure this is psych a lot like psych 101 as far as kids and growing up goes it, it causes you to sort of find the things that get you a reaction so you hear oftentimes about kids that are bullied will find that they're actually very funny or they turn into the class clown or they turn into somebody who can laugh at themselves because they're tired of getting laughed at so they sort of turn it back around or you find that you uh, become somebody who's very reliable uh, and trustworthy and that trust is something that you feel like that's going to get you points and get you further in the world and maybe that's from what we're taught or maybe that's just from what learned experiences we have uh, that was actually my path is that I went down the path of reliable trustworthy honest uh, those were the things that got me the most attention I think and positive attention and therefore I was like well let me do more of that and the loyalty thing I don't know if that I think that was it was it was built upon with the trustworthy with the reliability with the all of those pieces but I also think that because I am so emotionally sensitive and I always have been since I was real really young uh, I think that piece it just it always stepped into my empathy piece and so the loyalty piece and the empathy piece kind of go hand in hand 
So I talk about this because I think sometimes, you know, even as an as a supposed adult, I joke, but it's true. Uh, I don't feel like I adult very well. Um, I adult in pieces, in moments very well, but as like a full on, like someone that I thought about was an adult when I was younger, I do not fit that profile at all in any way, shape or form. I'm just pretty much hanging on by a shoestring, it feels like, (laughs) on the daily. So, uh, but that's, you know, that's just the way it is right now. I, I mean, I definitely have aspirations for how I would like to be, but I also have a reality that I live in and it, that isn't going to happen right now. So, uh, yep. Hello, over 40 and can barely hold it together. Woohoo! Welcome to my world. Yeah, no, that's kind of, that's kind of the reality and that's okay. I mean, I'm learning to embrace that. Um, I joke about it because I don't, have other alternatives right now this is where we're at this is how my life looks and so I have to either like it and live with it and appreciate it or the things that I can fix I do and that's that's sort of what I'm in the midst of doing um every day I try to improve but (laughs) don't always don't always make huge strides in the way that I wish I could my life is often other people's experiences and life and and situations and responsibilities when you're a mom that's you know when you're a parent you are taking care of other humans and their safety literally whether it's their emotional safety their psychological safety their physical safety comes first so all the other things and the aspirations they kind of fall down and they shouldn't I mean I wish that there was a way for us to mutually grow but it is very much a push-pull I take a step forward. I hope I can guide you to take a step forward. And okay, we're falling backwards, all of us. And so, you know, we just, we, we do our best. But that brings me to this point of loyalty and where it's been in my world. So if you've been my friend or experienced friendship with me, you know, you know that um, my heart is big and I, I, I sort of take people in. And if you treat me well, I treat you well. I don't, I don't really, I wouldn't say I don't hold grudges. I don't really hold grudges. I try very hard if something's upsetting me. Either I work through it, especially if I, I can definitely be someone who's slightly irrational at times about my feelings because they are such big emotions that I sometimes have to take time to let things go. Um, I'll give you a good example of this. So there was a, um, a person in our theater community who reached out to me, I had posted that I was looking for someone to help caretake with Jackson when I was going, going knew I was going to go do, have my C-section and be in the hospital with Jordan. And I needed somebody who was going to be on the ball, able to handle this, you know, could deal with any of Jackson's stuff. Maybe possibly at one point I had thought that person could spend the night because I wanted John in the hospital with me because I knew I'd be going into surgery and all of those pieces. I had these like ideas I wanted for that perfect person. And I put it out on, I'm sure it was Facebook. And I said, you know, this is what I'm looking for. And one of my people in our community and our theater community reached out to me and she said oh I used to take care of an autistic boy and she's a mother of an older child and older as in being like a teen and she said you know I'd be happy to come and meet with you and and meet him and all of that stuff and so I brought her out to the clinic and I said you know and had her introduced her to our BCBA and I said you know here's some things that you can know and you know if he has this experience or this reaction this is how people have handled it and it seemed like it was it was going to happen and then Every time that we went to go make plans for her to come up, 
there was a lot going on in her personal life, which I guess I knew a little bit about because she had posted about it. But in general, it was like she took on this idea of what she could do to help, but then instead realized that it really wasn't going to work out for her because she was going through her own Michigas and, uh, you know, situation. But what ended up happening was she kind of bailed. And when she bailed, I was really hurt and really frustrated and very pregnant and very upset. And I, I couldn't get mad at her because it wasn't like we had a contract or anything. This was all word of mouth. She had actually made an attempt to come up and try to, you know, figure this out. But it just turned out that it wasn't going to work. And I wish I could have moved on from that in a really gentle way but I was angry for a while so I didn't do anything crazy like I didn't say anything to her I just you know I I said I understand but like I had been somebody prior to this moment who had commented on all of her posts and I had you know heart put hearts on things and liked anything and you know had a you know what I would have considered like an online friendship with this person I also knew her in person we we actually had a really like a friendship in person Um, but it was a, a moment of I was really angry and I was really scared and hurt and all of those pieces and so I literally pulled back all of my online communication with her and the truth is she ended up moving so it you know she was she doesn't live here anymore but I I really had to take time away from that you know situation and then come back to it and now it's as if nothing happened now time has passed I'm okay I breathed my way through it we somehow survived Jordan's birth it was not not great as far as my experience I had a horrible being in the hospital experience mostly because I was totally alone for most of the time and it sucked um, but that's neither here nor there uh, I'm very happy I have a very healthy baby and I am healthy and that's all that matters we got out of it fine but it was absolutely it was not a good experience um, and I really would have loved to have had the help that I needed for reals you know the way I wanted it but it didn't just didn't happen so uh, but again I that's not her fault it's just it just was the situation that I stopped looking because I thought I had somebody and then I didn't and it was just one of those so long story short now I I like her stuff I like as in like I comment on her stuff I I you know put hearts and like you know emojis on her stuff I, I have no problem with her anymore I I get with more perspective that she was going through something and that I just got caught in the crossfire unfortunately uh, that sucked because it was right in the middle of a kind of a crisis for me. She was going through her crisis and she took on something she shouldn't have, um, which, you know, goes to show that maybe she doesn't know how to say no <laughs> or doesn't know how to turn around from something, but it's fine. We all are on our own freaking journeys, right? I mean, that's just the way it goes. But with the loyalty piece, as far as I'm concerned, I go through these, I, I mean, my relationships and my friendships I would let them play out way longer than they ever should have. All of my romantic relationships went so much longer than they ever should have. And it's because out of I would stay out of loyalty or one might say obligation, but I think it felt like more loyalty, like 
don't give up on it yet. You know, stick with it. No, you're not a quitter. Like, I don't know what I was telling myself that I didn't quite understand. And also my confidence was, well, nobody else is going to love me. And when I was with, I, I have an ex that I was with who basically would tell me that all the time. He was abusive in a very physical way. And one of the ways that he would break me down was to say things like, you will never be loved by anybody the way I love you. You'll never, nobody will ever love you. You're such a mess, you know, and he would just say these terrible, horrible things to me. And after a while, I started to believe him. And so when he became physically abusive, it stopped being, it stopped, it, it, I, it made sense in a way, like, oh, I deserved it in some capacity is what I thought. And I also justified a whole bunch of things like, oh, well, he never actually hit me in the face. So even though he was, you know, holding me down and raising an arm and threatening to hit me on pretty much a regular basis or he would throw me into like into a wall or he would knock me around you know where I would fall or trip or you know any of those things I would always justify well he didn't hit me in the face so it's fine I mean even the day that he basically choked me to the point where I I almost passed out I still remember thinking I'm laying on the floor and he's on top of me choking me and I'm thinking well at least he hasn't hit me in the face but that just goes to show you I mean that's just like the world of being in an abused relationship which is not what this topic really is about except for the fact that my sense of loyalty kept me with him way too long and um and also I was in an abusive relationship and when you're in an abusive relationship you're all everything gets screwed up you have no confidence you feel it's terrible you know you're tanked at the bottom it's just awful so those pieces you know play into my uh, empathy and my loyalty piece and I think that it also uh, it's it's constantly um I, I have to do a gut check on these things which brings me to the loyalty that I've been feeling about stuff with Jackson because the truth is that the professionals that work with Jackson whether they're the teachers or the therapists or whomever I am a because I'm his advocate and because he's only moderately verbal I am the one that has communication with them so I have to be the advocate for Jackson and so when I when I step into those situations I need to make sure that I have a good relationship with them so that if I need to communicate something that I feel is either needs more work or he needs this that or the other that I feel like I have a good relationship with that person and I've lucked out in a lot of places I have some amazing people who are on Jackson's team uh I mean, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do when Miss Carly is no longer his teacher. We have one more year with her and I'm like, thank goodness, because I don't know what I will do without her. Uh, she, yeah, I told her, I'm like, you cannot leave my life because you're so good with my child and he loves you so much. And it's just one of those like amazing experiences. So with with that piece, I I really grab on and hold tight to those people who who get my kid, who care about us as a family, who care about me and know that I'm, I, I have your back because you have my kids back. So I know that I have to, I want to be there for you in the same way. Like we, we have this really, you know, important professional, but mutual relationship. Uh, And it's a little, I mean, the lines get a little skewed because let's, let's, let's be honest. I mean, you are talking about somebody that like either you are paying out of pocket or you're paying the insurance to pay out your out-of-pocket max or your deductible or your co-insurance. And then after that point, they then come back and that information 
you know, that, sorry, that money that comes back from the insurance is what's paying their bills. So, you know, you are paying a professional. It's sort of like, okay, you know, you go, you go have a good relationship with your, your therapist, your, your, you know, your social worker or your therapist, somebody you talk to, like talk therapy, you know that you're paying them, but you still, you know, want to have a connection. It's not just any person that works. And the same thing goes with these kids. And and it's it's like a double whammy because it has to be a relationship that I feel good about and a relationship that I feel they are helping my kid. So all of those pieces uh, are important. And we stayed at Jackson's clinic for ABA for almost three years. As a matter of fact, yeah, uh, it was three years. No, no, no. Two and a half years? I don't know. 2016. Yeah, June of 2016 is when we got his diagnosis. We started in October of 2016. So it's like June of 2019. So like almost three years. And I wasn't ever planning to leave because we never had any reason to, except that there were many things that were starting to become problems as far as I was concerned. First of all, the turnover rate of the people that were on Jackson's team was, I mean, it's like we barely have any of the same people, if any of the same people that we had from the beginning. And again, I know people move on, they get new jobs, it's fine. But his team, BCBA, we've had four of them in three years, in less than three years. And that's a lot of people. That's a lot of turnover. And it either goes to show that the that, that the people who are there are just not happy or it was just unfortunate circumstances. But a lot of people have left. And I don't know. I think if there's a place where a lot of people are leaving the company, then maybe they're not necessarily being the most forthcoming with how they treat their employees. So it, it makes me nervous because I think to myself, well, if they're not happy there, then I don't know, unhappy people and then working with my kid? I don't know. That just doesn't sound so great. However, when they were working with him, I feel like he was gaining skills and he was doing well. And I feel like he was, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like Jackson wasn't thriving there. Um, but I do think that he had some major growths. And this is, I think, just common of kids that he had some major growths at the very beginning. And then, you know, he plateaued a little bit and then he had some more major growths and then he would plateau. And I think that's just the nature of of this kind of teaching and therapy and, and what happens. Uh, I do see Jackson making leaps. It's just that they're, I don't know enough to know, you know what I mean, where we're at, because, that, you know, I didn't go to school for this. I just, I'm just the mom who who deals with his every day. So uh, when we got to the point of this whole summer schedule situation, I knew that for me, that was the last straw. And it wasn't because we couldn't get what we wanted. It was because the things were poorly communicated or not communicated at all. And when you don't communicate with me, it makes me feel like you don't have my back and you don't have loyalty to us in the right way. And I get that some of it's like you have to be – my understanding is that in some ways they had to – they weren't allowed to say anything because the summer schedules all came out at the same time. But instead of saying to us, hey, I'm just going to give you a heads up that you do not have the hours that you want – like you don't have the authorization for the hours that you want. So I really strongly suggest you find another thing to do, like an alternative, just to give me a heads up. They don't have to officially say anything, but they didn't do that. And instead, May, you know, 
May comes around and all of a sudden now I only have 20 hours where I was expecting 40 hours and I don't have placement for my kid in any camps or anything and now I'm out all this money uh, that I would have to pay to go to camp which didn't end up happening anyway and then I was scrambling to find coverage for him as far as like a babysitter or somebody to watch him uh, because Jackson can't spend all day at home it's too or in general I mean right now Jordan's asleep and what would Jackson be doing he'd be running around downstairs doing absolutely who the heck knows what just not focused in any way shape or form at least with the babysitter he's out he's playing in a park right now he's having a really good time uh, he's having a good day, and that's what I want from him, for him, um, is to have a good day. And would I have appreciated him being in a camp where he had more opportunity to be socially with other kids? Yeah, I would have liked that, but that didn't work out for so many reasons, uh, mostly because we were too freaking late to do it, and we were too freaking late because we didn't get our schedule. So all of that, and again, I don't know that I would have left that clinic if that had been the only issue, but it was the biggest issue. And there were other issues that had come around, some that I've already mentioned. And then it's just, I think we needed a change. And I think it was time. And the truth is, Jack start, Jackson starts first grade next year. And in first grade, I can't be pulling him like I did for kindergarten. So he's got to be in his full classes, which means I have to figure out how to get him to ABA as well as his OT and speech and PT because he needs all of those therapies as well and those are in a different location so figuring out okay after school every day you have different things but making sure that all those schedules are going to work with each clinic is a lot and you know everybody wants those after school hours everybody does so trying to navigate that is hard so you know this is a this is (laughs) it's a lot of mental gymnastics that I do Uh, so yeah loyalty I felt it was hard to leave that clinic. Uh, I, I already am very happy with the communication level that we have at this new clinic. I'm already very happy with how it looks like he's adapting, but Jackson's so good at that. Jackson's so good at adapting. I'm so proud of him for that. I mean, it's a very hard thing for kids to do in general, and Jackson just, he just takes it all in stride. And I think it all comes out in different places for him. Like, he then acts out in the car. Like, yesterday, he was throwing toys at me while I was driving, which was really scary. Uh, They were hitting the windshield. They were hitting me. It was not, and I'm talking, like, those hard plastic toys that make noise. So it was bad. But um, I think that's where his, like, hey, things are changing, and I don't have control over it, and this is how I'm going to respond. I think that's how it came out on him and how it comes out for him but in general I think he's such an adaptable curious interested kid and he wants to please and I think that that is just works to his advantage and trying to learn these new things and get adapted to these new schedules so I give him a lot of credit uh, hard as that is so you know I'm hoping that this will be our long-term place I haven't found another one that I like even remotely as much so you know, my I'm hoping that my loyalty to this new place is a good one. But I have my eyes open and I have my gut checked and, you know, I'm making sure that I'm doing the best for him. So, um, but again, I, right now I feel really good about it and, and I don't foresee any issues. So fingers crossed for us, please, that this clinic is the right one for <laughs> the right fit for all of us. Because uh, it's definitely a little further away. But again, I don't care because it's the right, if it's the right fit for Jackson, then it doesn't, you know, in us, then it doesn't matter. Okay, so like, let's talk a little bit about loyalty as far as Theodore goes and as far as the acting career, because that's another big one. So many, so many abusive things going on in the theater world, whether it's, uh, you know, 
people, they, they, you know, we get so connected to our shows and our people and the shows and the people that we want to work with and wanting to, to, for, to forward our own careers that sometimes we get caught up in things that we don't even realize. So uh, those of you who are familiar with the Chicago Theater know that there was a big expose in the reader about Profiles Theater. This was a few years ago, um, exposing all of the abuse that went on there. And I mean, physical abuse and sexual harassment and things that were just horrible. And now there's allegations going on uh, with, you know, things that are happening at my alma mater at Roosevelt University in the theater department. And when I was there, I mean, there was terrible, I would say, mental abuse that went on with the dean of that theater department there. He used to tell so many women that they were too heavy and they needed to lose weight and they would go on these crazy crash diets and he would say you're never going to work because you're not thin enough I mean just really abusive terrible terrible shaming things and uh would use his leverage as power and just just really crappy ways and apparently that just continued and it just continued with the new dean and with some of the new teachers that were there and it's just been it's just a bad thing. And we, unfortunately, we've perpetuated this idea that it's like, well, we're all part of a tribe because a lot of us come into the theater having been in looking for a place to go. And that's a very easy way to, uh, in having been in abusive relationships, that's a very easy way for predators or people who want to abuse their power. I won't necessarily say predators, but people who abuse their power uh, really like people who are kind of desperate to be to belong and be part of something and so it's very easy uh, to use things like intimate moments in a show or you know a fight in a in a you know uh, someone beating somebody up in a in a play or whatever and use those things to the abuser's advantage or even just the power of I'm the artistic director and I'm going to be in this play and therefore my say goes and even if it's not safe or not right so here's my small shameless plug for uh, my amazing friends who have gone through these programs um, please hire an intimacy choreographer uh, and a uh, fight choreographer they are not the same thing. They are different things. They can be the same person who have both abilities, but they are two separate jobs. And therefore, please hire them and pay them accordingly. Uh, if you're going to have any sort of intimate relationships in your play, please hire an intim intimacy choreographer. It's really important for everyone to feel safe. Ah, okay. Said my thing. Uh, and any violence, obviously, a fight choreographer, please. Uh, very important. So that being said, uh, as far as the loyalty thing goes, there th there's definitely that piece where it's easy to fall fall prey to being the victim of a situation where you don't even realize you're in it because you're you're helping to perpetuate that kind of abuse without realizing it because you're like, well, I want to be part of this show. And oh my gosh, they're doing my favorite play at this theater. But you know that the artistic director of that theater has been accused of and not fired yet from his job when he's been uh you know sexually harassing other people and making them feel you know bad about themselves or etc cetera, etc cetera. and then yet all of your friends are auditioning for their shows because they're one of the equity theaters in the city and therefore you feel like that's how you forward your career so it's sort of like where's your morality and where does it lie and then there were therefore where does your loyalty lie does it lie with your career does it lie with your friends does it lie with the victims does it lie with the theater does it lie with you know there's a lot of places 
But that also brings me to the friends in theater and the friends in this business and how you never know who's going to be where. Like somebody might be an actor one day and then two years down the line they might be a casting director or they might be a director or they might be who knows somebody else that has an agent. You know there's always people are changing careers in this business all the time and it behooves you to be nice to everybody and not be hurtful to anyone if you can avoid it uh, in general because you know you never know who's going to have a long memory about the things that you said or did so you know I always encourage everybody to just keep listening you know don't don't use your past experiences as a litmus test for someone else's so you know if you're a white male don't don't say well that person never hurt me because you're not you know, a person of color, or you're not black, or you're not, you know, a woman, and therefore have been harassed or hurt or put down or any of those things that can happen. If it's not your lived experience, you don't have a right to say that it doesn't happen would be my thing. So friendships, uh, if you're friends with somebody, and then you ghost on them, and you stop being friends with them, and then that person gets an opportunity that would have been perfect for you. It's pretty, con- you can consider it pretty certain that you're not going to get recommended for that particular production or whatever it happens to be. And funny enough, that happened for me recently. And in that, there was an audition and they were looking for uh, women and women that have worked together that have very specific parameters. I'm not going to go into all the details because it's not they're not necessary. But the point is that they wanted people who had worked together, who have good chemistry, hopefully with, they were friends. And uh, the show has, has a, a, a travel element. So they really – it would be helpful if the people that they bring in knew each other and, and had friendship. And the, and the parameters that surrounded it. Uh, of the type of women that they were looking for well I had the perfect person perfect person we've worked together we've been on stage together we've done videos together and films together we would have been perfect for this particular audition but I didn't recommend her and it says in the audition link that you that I was filling out do you who you know names and contact info and I really hemmed and hot about this do I put her out there would it help me to have that person. Well, sure it would because if I come in as a duo, oh my gosh, I'm way more ahead of maybe other people in this audition process. And so therefore my opportunity to come in for a callback is probably much higher. But I didn't. So uh, I didn't put her down and I didn't I didn't list her and I didn't give, the, give, give them her name. And the reason is because she has ghosted on our friendship. And it was hard to make that decision knowing full well that it probably meant that I wasn't going to maybe advance myself further in this in this audition. But when I really thought about it and I thought, well, I'm going to have to go if I booked this, I would have to be on, you know, basically on tour with her, travel with her. We would have to build a show together. We would have to be together all the time. And is that a person that I want to spend that much time with? Is that a person that I feel like I could put aside my hurt and anger and do that with? 
And I don't know that my time is worth that. Yeah, doing the show would have been super fun. And I'm sure that it hurt my chances for getting called back in because I don't have another person in my group, you know, as, as a duo. But honestly, I would much rather have taken my chances this way than put her down, bring us both in, pretend like nothing had happened, and live this sort of like BS lie when I don't really want to spend any time with her anymore because she's really hurt me. So yeah, I don't know what that says about me as far as my my acting career. Does that mean that I'm less, you know, that I'm less of a committed actor? I don't think so. I think what it means is that I'm really taking into account that if I'm going to take time away from my family and spend time doing a show, it better be goddamn worth it. And that means that the people that I'm around and the people that I'm working with, they have to be people that I like and that are nice people. And that why would I give this person an opportunity when all they've done is make me feel sad over and over again? And even though I came back and loyally brought them back into the friendship more than once, this isn't just a one-time thing, I decided that I'm done. Like, that was it for me. The minute that I had that opportunity and I said no was really the nail in the coffin for me that said, unless this person makes a huge change in who they are, and again, if they do, I'm in. Like, I'm totally willing to hear them out and see that they do that, but they have to make a change in who they are. But when I really thought back to how they treated me, a lot of their humor is based on humiliating people, me, and I was sort of the butt of the joke. And I thought, you know, why am I putting up with that? Like, that's not a friendship I want. I don't want that kind of friendship. I don't need that. I'd rather be alone. And so, you know, if that's what it did, if it meant that I didn't advance to the next level with this audition, then so freaking be it. So be it. And that's how I feel today. So yay, loyalty. Yeah, be nice to people. Be nice to everyone because you don't know who's going to be in a position to help you in the future and also don't put up with toxic bs figure out where your morality lies and make choices good choices based on that and listen to victims and listen to people who have been marginalized listen to them that's that's what i have to say all right see you all in the next episode Thank you all so much for joining us on Acting Up with Allie Goodman. I just want to tell you how important it is that we continue to have these conversations. So please reach out and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Allie Real to Real. That's Allie, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. And of course, the best way for people to find this podcast is if you leave a review. So please rate us and review us. I'm so thankful for all of you. This podcast only exists because you listen and continue to bring inclusion and love. So thank you. Okay, friends, just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time, and just hang in there. We are all in this together.